Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 2. As Jeff mentioned, we're in this series in the book of Colossians. Um, looking at uh, Paul writing to a church has gotten a little bit sideways and they're following after Christ. Uh, I want to read the text for us. If you don't have a Bible, you will find a Bible in the P-Rack in front of you. It looks just like this one. If you go to page 1,871, you will find the page I'm going to be reading. On that page are two columns. Go to the right column all the way down to the bottom, last two lines. Uh, that's where I'm going to begin reading this morning as, uh, as we hear God's word. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed, the, shamed them publicly by victory over them on the cross. This is God's holy word and pretty good news about what Christ has done for us. Several years ago, there was a, a news story about a young woman named Amanda Berry. Uh, some of you may remember this story. Uh, uh, ten years prior to the news story, and so, you know, ten years before this was, was headline news, Barry was a high schooler walking home from school. As she's walking home from school, there is a van that's, that's behind her. It's slowly following after her. And eventually, the van pulls up alongside of her, and the driver, whose name is Ariel Castro, asks Amanda Berry if she would like a ride home from school. There's a young woman in the passenger seat that Amanda Berry recognizes, and so innocent as she is, she says yes, and she gets into the van, and this begins a horrific 10-year captivity under uh, Ariel Castro, who does unimaginable uh, abuse to these three young women who are, who are captured, imprisoned in his house. 
Um, and, and 10 years later, Castro forgets to lock some doors and Amanda Berry is able to get her arm out a screen door and wave to those who are passing by. And a, a man kicks in the door. Barry runs across the street into a neighbor's house to get a phone and she calls 911 and she says to the operator that, who answers that I am Amanda Berry, the girl who's been missing for 10 years and gives her address and a rescue takes place. Not just of Barry, but the two other young women that were, that were held captive by Ariel Castro. Castro then was taken to prison for his horrible crimes. I don't know what happens within you when you hear a story like that one. I don't know what happens in your, in your own emotions when, when you hear about a young girl walking home from school and a van trailing her and then pulling up alongside of her and asking her if she wants a ride home. A total stranger wanting to know if, if, if you want to ride home. For me, all kinds of alarms are going off, right? I mean, the first one, stranger danger. I mean, you, you don't take a ride from a stranger. Um, and, and, you know, so that's, that's the first alarm that goes off. The second alarm that goes off within me is a van. It's just, it's just it's something creepy about a van, you know, following you and asking if you want to get in. And yet, here in this situation, a young, innocent woman becomes a captive. And, and 10 years of her life is stolen from her. Paul is writing to the, the Colossians who are living in, this, in, the, in the city of Colossae and they've been following after Christ. And, and there have been people who've been coming into the church and spiritually speaking, they've pulled up alongside in their van and they've taken them on a ride to a place that's put their freedom in Christ in jeopardy. They've, they've sidetracked them from the, the narrow path of following after Christ. And what's happened is, is they, they've, they've become captives. And Paul clearly says to them in verse eight, he says, don't let anyone capture you, which tells us two things right off the bat. One thing is that we can be captured. Our freedom in Christ can be taken from us. We, we, we can become captives. And the second thing it tells us is that there are proactive things that we can do to keep from being captured by things that would, that would distract us from the narrow path in following Christ. So what I wanna do today is, spiritually speaking, if a van were to pull alongside of us, I, I would like to just give us some proactive steps that we can be, taken so, that we can be taking so that, so that our freedom in Christ is not jeopardized. I, I wanna be able to help us, help us stay on this track in following Christ and avoid the seducing ideas that come our way that, in fact, rob us from the joy that is ours in Christ. And I want to do that by looking at a verse, a couple verses from Colossians chapter 2. I'm just going to really hone into these two verses in the time we got left. And there's one command, and there are four metaphors or four word pictures. And the command is simply this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to follow him. What Paul is saying is that there was a day that you surrendered your life to Christ. You who are Christ followers, there's a day that you gave your life to Christ. And Paul is celebrating that. That's a great day. It's the beginning of a discipleship journey. And Paul then says, now continue to live in him. And the reason that's important to even state is because in our day and age, there's a bit of a spiritual reductionism that's taken place and that we've, we've given our lives to Christ, but we forgot that we're, we're, discipleship has a destination. That by God's spirit, he is conforming us into the image of his son. 
So, so we're journeying with Christ. We're walking in the way of Christ. That's the command. And then Paul talks about how that happens by giving us these four word pictures. And I'm gonna move through them, through them fairly quickly. Uh, and, and some are obvious and some are not so obvious. The first one, you see here, says, let your roots grow down into him. I think you're fairly familiar with this, the picture of roots. Trees have roots. Bushes have roots. Plants have roots. In fact, uh, just a, last week, Trina and I were in our backyard, and we were weeding. And I was lamenting that weeds have roots because it's so hard to get them up out of the ground. Some have very you know, significant root systems. You need a tool to pry them up. And Paul is saying, let your roots go down deep into Christ. And there's at least two things that happen when our roots go down deep into Christ. The first thing is, is that there is a stability. That a stability is given to a plant, a bush, or a tree that has a significant root system. It's hard to get it up out of the ground. And the second thing that happens is that those roots provide nourishment for that plant, that bush, that tree. If it's a fruit tree, fruit appears on the branches because there's a root system. Uh, and, and, and so Paul is saying, he's saying, be rooted in Christ. Find your stability in Christ. Find your nourishment in Christ. Um, and, and friends, here's, here's how this happens. Here's how we deepen our roots in Christ. It's simply by spending the currency of time. It's the currency of, we've all been given the same amount of time. By spending the currency of time with our Christ, our roots can go down into him. Isaiah is poking at this in, in chapter 55. He says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Friend, the nour- friends, the nourishment is free. The only currency that needs to be spent is time. And time alone with Christ allows our roots, connecting with him in our friendship with him, allows our roots to go down into him. Now, have you ever had a conversation with someone and they're describing sort of their spiritual journey and how they connect with Christ, and, and they share it, and, and, um, and it just overwhelms you because you just can't picture yourself connecting that way. For example, you talk to someone and say, well, yeah, I pray for a half hour in the morning, at lunch I pray for 15 minutes, at night I pray for another half hour, and I, and I do that you know, six days a week. Um, and you're listening, you're going, I mean, I, I can't pray longer than five minutes, I run out of things to say. Um, there must be something wrong with me. Shame and guilt gets heaped on our shoulders because we feel like we're less spiritual than that other person. There are a lot of ways we connect with God. And what happens oftentimes, we compare ourselves, we contrast our lives with others, and when we feel we don't measure up, we feel guilty. In your bulletin, there was a little insert that I had placed in there. It's an insert on the top of it. It says, Worship Instincts. I've actually just taken these from a book written by Gordon MacDonald. Years ago, he wrote his book, and he talked about these worship instincts and talked about the different ways that people connect with God. 
And there's a lot of different ways. You know, sometimes it, it's, it's the activist. The activist has this, this con- I, I feel connected with God when I'm, I'm pursuing a cause, when I'm pursuing justice. That's when I feel close to God. And then there are others who are more like the student and they just love to study and, and dig into and mine God's word. And then there are those, those crazy people who can sit still for a half hour and say nothing and be still. There's, there's just a bunch of ways we can connect with God. I just, I just put some of those on, on, that, on that piece of paper, and maybe one of those is you. We, we have a book of pursuits that we saw. I think it's called The God Languages. There's another book there that talks about the different ways we connect with God. Friends, it doesn't matter how you connect with God. It's connecting with him and letting your roots go down into him because that will give you stability in Christ. And it will nourish your soul. So let me just ask the question. As Paul talks about continuing to live in Christ, how are your roots? How's your root system? Are you finding stability in the person of Jesus Christ? Are you finding nourishment for your soul in the person of Jesus Christ? How are your roots? Paul is saying continue to live in him and he begins by saying deepen your roots in him. That is the first word picture. The second one is in the very next phrase. Verse seven, let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. This being built, this is a construction term. This is the idea of a building going up. In this case, a spiritual structure going up. Here's what Paul is getting at. When the roots go down in the unseen part of our lives and we spend time in the prayer closet, when our souls are being nourished as we're connecting with God, something natural takes place above ground. There is a spiritual growth that takes place in our lives and, and, and while roots are going down, growth is going up. Now, I, I've got four kids and uh, my kids, especially my boys, they loved, when they were middle school and high school, they loved it when I would take them to a room in our home and I would have them back up against a wall, this white wall, and I would put a ruler on their head, make a line with a pencil and measure their growth. Some of you used to do this. Some of you are still doing this, and you, sh- you should stop. Uh, you, 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 but my boys, they love this. My son Chase, in the seventh grade, he grew eight inches in one, in one year. I mean, it, his, his younger brother, Cal, was extremely envious. He wanted to be as tall as his older brother, Chase. Um, and when, when we marked that, that, you put that mark, line on that ruler when Chase stood up, and he was just way up. He was like six foot in the eighth grade. Um, I don't know where that came from. But he's tall. Now, Cal, Cal did not have this huge growth spurt. Um, he grew incrementally. Year by year, he would, you know, he'd grow an inch, and then he'd grow another inch. And I, I remember when he was in high school, I'd put him up against the, that, that white wall, and I'd put the ruler there, and I'd draw the line, and I, we'd see, oh, he, grew, he grew an inch. Maybe it was a good year, an inch and a quarter. And we'd step back and we'd look at it and we'd, we'd show over the, over the years, you know, the last three, you've grown three inches over the last, you know, last three years and, and something would happen within him. There was this assurance that he was okay. This, is, this confidence, this, this hope that he would catch up with his brother one day and hopefully pass him, that he would grow to that, to that level. And when you see yourself growing, it, it brings assurance. It builds confidence that I'm on the right track. And friends, here's our problem. When it comes to spiritual growth, 
We so clearly see what we are not and so poorly see who we are becoming. We so clearly see what we are not. We know our failures. We know very well our mistakes from last week. We know we shouldn't have said that. We know we shouldn't have gone there, yet we did. And we know that full well, yet we cannot see. We have difficulty seeing our growth and what we are becoming. Paul, writing to another church in in Galatia, talked about who these people were before they found Christ. He says, you know, Uh, when you followed the desires of your sinful nature, the results were very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. This is who you were before you found Christ. But then you were given the Spirit, and this is who you are becoming. He says, the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You once were this, but now this fruit is growing and you're becoming like this. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to all stand up. If you stand up. I want you for a moment to think back of who you were before you gave your life to Christ. For some of you, that was recent, that, like a week ago. Others of you, it was, it was last year. Maybe for some of you, it was decades ago. I want you to remember who you were before you gave your life to Christ. Think about your, your character. Now, you gave your life to Christ. Now God's spirit is in you. And now there's fruit growing. And, and love and joy and peace and patience. Now, here, here's the deal. Is there, since you follow Christ... Is there more love, more patience, more gentleness in your life? Some some of you are going, yeah, but I I got more work to do. We all have more work to do. But the simple question is, is there more love? Is there more joy? Is there more kindness coming out of you since you become a Christ follower? Raise your hand if there's there's more of that. Okay, Raise your hand. Now, you can look around. You can actually turn around and look and see who's raising your hand. Keep your hands up. Look around. Okay, now here's the deal. Give someone a high five and tell them they're growing. (laughs) Tell them they're growing. You're doing good. All right, you can have a seat. You can have a seat. Here's what you just did. Here's what you just did. You just backed up against the wall. We put a ruler on your head. We drew a line to see that it's happening. You're growing. And we need to call this out of one another because we so clearly see what we are not. And we so poorly see how we're growing. Yes, there's more growth to take place. But friends, you are growing and we need to notice that about each other because when roots go down deep, stability and then nourishment flows up into us, we begin growing and when we recognize and we'll see the growth and we'll call out the growth, the next thing happens. It's this next word picture in Colossians 2. It says, let your roots go down into him, let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong. That word strong is a word picture. In some of your versions, it says your faith will be established. It literally means to be authenticated, like to be notarized. If you, have you ever bought any sports memorabilia? Like you, know, you buy a Joe Montana jersey and it's signed by Joe Montana. If you've ever done something like that, like if you bought a Joe Montana jersey, you should have got a certificate of authenticity with the jersey because that, that tells you that this, in fact, is Joe Montana's signature. If you didn't get one, it could be any Joe, right? Uh, or you've bought jewelry. You get a certificate of authenticity about you know, the diamonds or the precious metals, whatever it is. 
Here's what Paul is saying. Friends, when you spend the currency of time and roots go down and stability is formed and nourishment comes up and growth takes place above ground, guess what happens in our hearts? There is a sense of, oh my goodness, this is happening. I'm changed, I'm being transformed, and this is real. It's a sense of authentication that indeed I am growing in my faith. It's a stamp of authentication, which then leads us to the the, the fourth picture, which we read in in verse uh, seven. It says, let your roots go down deep into him, let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong, authenticated, in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. That word overflow is another word picture. It's a word picture of, it's a picture of a wine bottle when the cork is popped and the wine just bubbles up out of the bottle. It's just bubbling out of gratitude. Now, if that picture troubles you, picture a can of soda. Shake it, open it, same idea, okay? (laughs) What Paul is saying is, friends, when you spend the currency of time and your roots go down deep and you are nourished by God's spirit and it brings stability to your life and you see spiritual growth that gives you a sense of this is real, this is genuine, and you remember who you were and who you're becoming, what happens is joy and gratitude bubbles out of you because Christ is transforming you. Now put all these together. Let's go back to that original story. The van pulls up along, spiritually speaking, the van pulls up alongside of you like it has to the Colossians. To the Colossians, what they're being told is, here's the deal, you started in this relationship with Christ, that's great, but here's these other things you need to do if you really wanna be accepted by Christ. I mean, if you really want to please God, man, there's some knowledge that you're not aware of that you need to ascertain and have these mysteries. And also, by the way, there's some traditions, there's some religious stuff that you need to do. If you want God to like you, you gotta gotta do this religious stuff. You gotta do these traditions and, and, and engage in that. By the way, there are some rules as well, some really important rules that you need to you need to obey. They they they've they've written up a Jesus plus gospel. When that van pulls up next to you, and gives you that message, what we should shout is stranger danger. And understand that, hey, my roots have gone down deep. In fact, I'm growing above ground, which has given me a sense of authentication in my spirit, which has resulted in thanksgiving. And then I continue to read here that, by the way, I am not not incomplete. There are no pieces missing. Because in verse nine it says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ Jesus, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In fact, he's the head of authority, so no rules, new rules can be made. You are complete, completely pleasing to God because you abide in Christ. And, and Paul then just kind of goes crazy with the language. You know what? You've been spiritually circumcised. I mean, I mean, that's an awesome picture, I know. But you was circumcised. The sinful nature has been cut off. In fact, you used to be dead. There used to be this list of accusations that was against you. In fact, they were absolutely right. And Jesus took that list of all your mistakes, all your failures, and he nailed them to the cross and he canceled them. They're no longer valid. And you once were dead, but now you are alive by the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. In fact, God has not only made you alive, he has disarmed the spiritual rulers, the rulers of, of the spiritual realm. He's disarmed them, and they are powerless against you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. All the fullness of the Father is in Christ, and Christ lives 
in you. You are complete. No missing pieces. And this is all by the grace of Jesus Christ. So friends, may your roots go deep. May you spend the currency of time to allow your spirit to connect with God, to provide stability in the midst of perhaps some really difficult circumstances so that you'll be unwavering as you follow after him. And may, that, may those roots nourish your soul and bear great fruit. God wants you to live a large life. Do you know that? John 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I want you to bear great fruit for my Father's renown. He has purposes for your life. He longs to use you in ways that he's designed specifically for you. And he's bearing fruit. You're growing. And we need to call that out of each other because that gives us a sense of confidence and assurance that results in thanksgiving. And may thanksgiving abound among us as we truly believe that we not only accepted Christ, but he's accepted us. That's, that's good news. Amen? Okay, you're with me. Let's pray to that end. So Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege of being able to sink our roots into you. Thanks for the growth that's taking place. Lord, thank you for each and every person in this room and the growth that you're doing in their lives and the growth that you're calling out of them. And for anyone who's had that mean voice go off in their head that's tried to shame them and guilt them, we just say silence in the name of Jesus. We silence that, na- that, that voice and we remind ourselves that there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Lord, I, I just ask and pray that those ones who are replaying tapes of past failures, that those tapes would be erased and Lord, that a picture of you would appear saying you are complete, you're clean, you're righteous, I love you, I like you. And may our hearts find great rest and assurance in knowing that we belong to you, Jesus. Thank you for the freedom you've given to us. We pray this in your name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.